All right, here we are. Here we are. Welcome back. Science in between. Science in between. That's 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 Scott. Yep, and that's Ollie. I'm Ollie. And I'm Scott. Yeah. And here we are. This is uh, season four. Look at us. Season four. Episode two, season four. Two. I know. Wild. Episode 158. That's a a lot of episodes, friend. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot in a lot of ways. Yeah, and that somebody out there has listened to all 158 episodes. I mean, I know you and I have, but somebody yeah. out there has. Well, we didn't have to... a choice because we made it. Right. So right, but somebody out there, somebody out there voluntarily sat through 158 episodes of this nonsense. Yeah, and I think if I see those people someplace out, I I'm going to buy them a, a beer, a, an adult beverage, or not maybe some ice cream, some dessert, something of know? their choice. Yeah, something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a nice gesture. Well, Sure. Or Maybe we should I, send him a sticker. Email us. Oh. We'll send you a sticker. We'll send oh. we'll send you the, the single piece of swag we have. Yep. That's true. We do have stickers. So if you if you you have to email me, uh, because I have the sticker. Oh no, Ollie has stickers. I have too. some stickers too. Yeah. Okay. So you can email both of us and then we'll work out who's gonna send you a sticker. Yeah. So uh, there it is. It's a limited time offer because we only have as many stickers as we have. So I know. Uh, yeah. There you go. Give but, a yell, say hey. I've hey. listened to I I've I've painfully gone through a long suffering <laughs> listener with like a sticker that they can put on their laptop to as show a, as a small uh, that they're a sibling. Yeah. Oh, oh. oh. now that our next sticker is, is do you want to do you want to do you want to be a sibling? Yeah. Yeah. Always right. dreamed about being a sibling. Yeah. There you go. All right. Like, so you, you want to today you know, today we're talking about something else. We're not, not that. Else. We're not no. like, you know, selling swag or, nope. we're, or we're, pa- we're, we're just trying Patreon to give it away. Account. Yeah. You can't, you can't even give it away. Just yeah. send it. Please send take a, a sticker. Please take a sticker. <laughs> I'm begging you. All right. Um, so uh, now that we've got the sticker conversation out of the way. Um, so check. today, check. Today, what I wanted to talk about is, is, something that I've been sort of noodling on that I don't know. And, and I, I've brought it to Ollie today to talk with, with my sage friend uh, about how to think about this and, and whether I'm thinking about it wrong, which could be, but um, I usually don't think that about my own thinking so much. I don't uh, think many people do. I think hmm. most people think that they haven't it's figured it out. Point. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, the only difference is usually I'm right uh, about that, and <laughs> others maybe not so much. So, yeah. uh, huh? so so here's the here's the thing. Um, we we have o- over the past few years hired a lot of new faculty into the College of Education. It's exciting. We have great, amazing new faculty. Um, but one of the things that's happened in that is that we've had to. I don't know, be more self-conscious or thoughtful about how you bring new people into a community. And I think this is a really classic, interesting problem. And we had this way back when we were a research group, the Invisible College, back in the in the dark ages of the 2000s. Uh, and, um, you know, how, how do you think about, A, this, I, you know, we talk, talk from a learning theory point of view that learning is is about identity and community, right? And so, right. You, and your participation in that community and and its change over time is is how you can think about learning, and that's helpful. But then you think about like, okay, well, how do we think about a real community 
whether that's a research group, whether that's a, a department, whether that's a college, whether that's a class. Um, how do you think about, you know, entering people into that community? Because one of the one of the notions seems or often is like if you tell people the stuff that they need to know, then they know it. But we we know this doesn't work. So this is like if I put the classroom rules on the board, then everybody knows them. It's like, well, yeah, but how they how they exist in the classroom are different than the way than just what you wrote on the board, because people interpret it and people act right. on it and. So I guess, you know, when, when we're talking about organizations in particular, like bigger units, like departments and colleges, when you're, you have formal entry into these communities, how do we think about that in a productive way? Like, how do we make it so that those people feel supported, but also recognizing that no matter how much of a list or a FAQ or a here's all the stuff you need to know document we have, it'll never be enough because there's so much that's implicit in just the way the community operates. So I guess that was my question is just to talk about that a little bit and think about what are some strategies that you've maybe implemented in, in your context. And I can talk about things I'm thinking about, but I, it's, it's a struggle for me because I, I want people to feel included and like they belong in a community. Um, but me just sitting down and then telling them everything about it, right. it isn't going to work, even if I had the time and they had the time for us to do that. Yeah. So I think one of the things that um, I'll, I'll say how, how not to do it. I think that's probably the. Oh, the, good. The, all right. Because I was involved with new faculty orientation at our institution for probably a good, like, I don't know, eight years, 10 years, close to that. Yeah, um, all right. And so I help to, I'll use the term onboard new faculty, and I'm using that term specifically because I think that that is different than, you know, mm -hmm. helping them be part of the community. Onboarding new faculty, you know, the intent, I think, if you talk to the people who organized this, they were like, okay, let's, let's bring new faculty into our community. But that's not what this, it was not a orientation that fostered belonging. Right. It was it was the uh, a carousel of people and programs. Carousel. It was. I no, mean, I, no, it, I, I'm just it, laughing because it makes it, me think of ed tech courses too. Sure, it's like how many technologies can we talk about in 60 minutes? You know, it's like boop, 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 it's like four and a half days. It would be four and a half days of of people. Or, orientation was four and a half days. Four and a half days of wow. people and uh, you know basically. You know, any leader on campus who felt that they needed to have some time with, uh, you know, or any program on campus that felt like they needed to have some time, some face time yeah. with new faculty just to let them know. And just it also was like, it was like, you know, you almost had to go down the list of like, okay, if this person isn't there, what does that say about our university? Okay, so we have to make sure they're there too. Because yeah. so it just became this, you know, I called it like almost like a dog and pony show, yeah, you know, for sure. because it was like they were, you know, not to just keep going with like cliches, but the, the new faculty were deer in headlights. They were, mm. you know, because after like, you know, the first day they were just sitting there, you know, it's like, who was that? Oh, who's this? Right. Who's this person? Right. And everyone's coming in, maybe doing an hour, hour and a half. And the best, you know, I would always try to bring them to try to foster some sort of community amongst that group um now thankfully you know 
over the last, like, I don't know, maybe about four or five years ago, I was able to, you know, develop, co-develop, you know, with our, with friend, friend of the show, Leslie Gates, you know, some, some, some mentoring programs on campus, which mm-hmm. were much more intentional in helping to mentor folks into the community on campus. Yeah. And the, the critical difference, I think, is rather than looking at it like, hey, we have to go f- and feature all of these things. And there's lots of knowledge that has to be conveyed and lots of FaceTime that needs to happen. That wasn't our goal with mentoring. Our mentoring efforts were really about like, what do you need? Like, yeah. what what do you want from this? And and finding out that like, like, even though people fall under the category of new faculty, we had some faculty members who were coming to our campus who had been teaching other places for like 10, 15, 20 years. Yeah. And they need something very different than somebody who is just fresh out of you sure. know, a PhD program. And they're like, okay, I don't know how to set up a syllabus. I've never right. actually taught a class before. So I need help with that. And then we had other folks who were like moving great distances to come and teach at our university. And they had lots of experience but they just didn't have any social connections with people yeah. on, on campus. And they're like, look, I re- there was one, you know, really, you know, uh, this is something that was a celebration for, for Leslie and I, when we did this, we, we had a pretty experienced faculty member who came to campus um, who had been working in like, uh, you know, in Indiana, who has, mm-hmm. uh, grew up in Indiana. And, and she's like, yeah, you know, she's probably like maybe in her forties mm-hmm. and, um, coming to teach like criminology or sociology or something. And she's like, yeah, I'm an experienced teacher. Um, but I'd really like to like meet some people who, you know, are outdoorsy, you know, like who, yeah. who goes for hikes, you know? Mm-hmm. And so we paired her up with a, another faculty member and here it turned out that they grew up like 10 miles from each other. Oh, they had right. all these common friends like they, and it was like, like they are on Facebook recently, the two of them were in Greece together. Mm, that's nice. And so the the cool thing with that is, you know, if I had gone in with some sort of preconceived idea of what that person needed to feel belonging, to feel like part of the community, to feel like, okay, this is like, I would have missed it. Mm -hmm. And so some of that is developing the relationships and developing the trust with the people, with the new faculty, with the the people who are coming to 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 be part of, and that, and I think that is sort of like it's going to change the type of services, the type of programs, the types of supports that you're going to give because it's more tailored to their needs. Right. Yeah, and I think you know that's a really interesting, um, and you know, obviously those kind of really positive experiences are great, um, and and I guess I would follow up with one of my own sort of experiences, which is more negative, right? Which is um, where people don't understand something about, I'm I'm going to actually be vague about this, but where people don't understand something about the way that the, the institution in this case operates, and they feel like it's information they should have been given. Um, and maybe from the institution's point of view, they, and this is not me as the institution, but the broader institution saying, yeah, we gave you this information, right? We sent you an email or it's in this handbook that was given to all faculty or whatever. And, you know, to your point, part of the problem is that they got, well, I don't think they get four and a half days here, but maybe they do. It's been a while since I went through orientation. Um, but that's a lot of information all at once. And it's not, just in time information, right? It's like, okay, right. you've told me about the travel procedure or the the phased retirement plan, but you know, I'm a first year right. faculty member. That's not super useful to me right now. Um, 
So um, I, I, I do wonder about how we think about that because what ends up happening is people can be punished and not explicitly punished, but they, they have a consequence. Something happens to them that's negative because they don't know something about the way the institution operates. But, but that information was shared. It just wasn't shared in a way that those people either took up or understood was available to them or whatever. Like there was a breakdown in the process. And so how do we, you know, I, I mean, I don't know, maybe I'm just thinking. It's, it's the, no, I get it. I get, I get it. It's totally. Even though you're trying to talk about it vaguely is that it's the, the classic it's in the syllabus, you know, that's uh, the that's class version of it. Right. Right. I mean, it's like, that it's that except for on an HR, you know, yeah. employee level. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's exactly that problem. It's like, well, I told you what the thing was. And then they say, well, you didn't tell me. And you say, well, look here, it's in the, it's in the syllabus sent to you it's or in the it was syllabus. in the syllabus or it was in the, it was in the new faculty handbook or whatever. I mean, I don't even know if we have, I don't think we have a new faculty handbook, but, but if there is one, yeah. hopefully there is one, then, you know, you could say, well, did you read the new faculty handbook? And the answer is of course, no. Cause and it's the, just like, if, if it exists, it's like a hundred pages long right. and with maybe links going to all those places. And, and who does that? Who does right. that? Well, and the truth is that even if you'd read that, which nobody does, um, you wouldn't remember what you needed to know in the time that you needed to know it. So we just like, again, for me, it's this fundamental problem of we think that the information is the thing when it's really the relationship is it's a relationship. And so it's like, oh, we're going to put this document up. It'll answer everybody's questions and then we don't have to worry about it anymore. It's like, well, that's not the way it works. Like you can't just put a document on the internet and, and tell people to go look at it if they have questions and think that that's going to solve the problem. Yeah. And I think that's one of the the things that becomes glaring to me is that if it's just about the information, then lots is going to fall through the cracks. Yeah. You know, it's going to, because there's just, there's just too much information about our institutions, about the inner workings of our institutions that get lost. I mean, there's just too much information. And so it has to be about like relationships and fostering relationships so that you can say, okay, if I have a question, who do I ask about that? Right. And it's like, oh, it's a teaching and learning question. Here are the people I have to talk to. Right. Oh, it's, it's a, you know, retirement question. Here's a, who's, right. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But, but there, there are, you have to have lots of, so we had this idea and not, it's not our idea, but we, this is something we implemented um, at, with our mentoring program is we, we, we wanted to foster a constellation of mentorship. Hmm. And so by by a constellation, it's like not just one mentor. So you don't have just one mentor who you talk to. It's like your job as a new faculty member is to try to build a, a whole constellation of mentors who are going to support you so that when you go, oh, I have a scholarship question. Here's who I talk to. Mm-hmm. Oh, I have a question about teaching and learning. That's a different person. And then, you know, people who are successful on campus, they have those. Mm-hmm. It's just that not all all faculty member comes in, not every faculty member comes in with that intent, right? Mm-hmm. They might develop over time, but sometimes, it, it, you know, as they're coming to a new place or coming to a new new campus, it's it's like, it's hard for them to think from that perspective. And so we were intentionally trying to foster that sort of support and like actively telling a designated mentor, hey, it can't just be you. You can't be all things for this person, mm-hmm. right? You have to m- help them make other connections. Yeah. And while, you know, as a, as a mentor, I'm mentoring a new faculty member um, 
I've been mentoring this person for the last four or five years and I've helped to like go, okay, you know what? You have to work with this person on this because, you know, I can't, I mean, even though like I might be able to help with that thing, that relationship, it might help them broaden that mentorship, you know, in some other way. And I don't, I don't know what that would be, but I can't be all things. Yeah. No. And I think the, the thing that I think is important that I'm going to really emphasize in what you just said is like, it moves from there's an FAQ that has all the answers to your questions to here are the people you go to if you have questions. And I think, again, that goes from the information is some static object out there into this. It's about relationships. And that's particularly key in, in, well, again, I don't know what it's like at Millersville. At Penn State, we have a, a constant churn, especially among staff, so people are changing roles, people are leaving and coming in and getting different work assignments and all this stuff. So it's like, well, okay, so today the answer to the question of who do I submit my mileage to is different than it was three months ago. And so having a document sort of helps, but if the document's up to date, then it causes more problems because now you're reaching out to the wrong person because the document told you to do that. And you're, and then they have extra work to say, no, actually, it's not me anymore because I used to do that job. And then you got to contact this other person. And But that's that's a systemic, that's a natural problem in big dynamic institutions is there's constantly going to be turnover. The, your contact at the graduate school next year may be gone. And right. so that that can't be just like the answer is you look in the manual for who the contact in the graduate school is. Yeah. And I think that as, you know, we're in this era of, you know, efficiency, right? Mm, yes. And so they- Wait, synergies and synergies and efficiencies is what we're talking about at Penn State. Uh, yeah, we're at, at Millersville, we're, we're talking about, you know, really leveraging our uh, efficiencies or trying to improve our efficiencies. And it's basically a way of like, just, okay, we're going to start to combine departments, combine places to, you know, so to reduce redundancies, right. Mm -hmm. And redundancies. Yes. And to, you know, explore ways that we can become more efficient as an institution. Mm -hmm. And what that means is there are going to be less people who are going to really hold that information, you know? So yeah. before there was like, oh, well, this person just did this. Now mm -hmm. that person is going to be doing like 10, 20 different things. Yep. And and that, I think, is going to create some additional challenges here yeah. in a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, right. I mean, it and it it creates new pressures on people and – and I think, you know, the other thing that has exacerbated this, um, it has been the pandemic because, you know, increasingly people, all people across all different job descriptions want either a portion or as much as possible of their job to be at home. And so it makes it much more complicated if, if this information is relational and you need that to get the information you need. And then those people are not readily available because they're not in the office. Right. Um, and especially faculty are not, if they're not in the office, they're not in the office, like staff, if they're re working remotely, you can contact them in different ways, email and teams and other things. But faculty often, you know, we, we hear this all the time. Like faculty say, no, Monday, Monday's my writing day. I don't look at email. I don't answer. Right. I just, I'm forget that I exist on Monday or Monday and Friday or whatever. So, um, so that makes all this relational stuff even harder because if you're, if you're teaching 
or your uh, writing days that you're blocking out are Monday and Friday and mine are, you know, Wednesday and Thursday, then you and I may never Tuesday. see each other Yeah, on Tuesdays. Yeah. I we'll mean, pass each other on Tuesday. Exactly. If we happen to be in the office at the same time. So, so this, like it is, it is as much as I think the work from home has had advantages for individuals. I think it has real disadvantages for community. And if we think of individuals as only learning when they're in community, it does, you know, it does sort of beg a question of, well, what is this actually doing to the communities that we're trying to foster? I think the other thing that's critical for, you know, when we're looking at for, you know, new faculty, this is probably applicable to other professions and other places in people's lives, but like learning is, and you used this term before, just in time, Mm -hmm. right? Like, so if we have, you know, this dog and pony show, this carousel of new faculty orientation. And I don't mean to be critical. I mean, I was involved yeah. with it and I tried to, you know, make it more relationship building, but I just, you know, it was serving a different purpose, right? So like, for instance, like one of the people that, you know, was part of this, you know, cavalcade of of people every year was the Title IX coordinator. And that is mm-hmm. somebody that is really important for a faculty member to know on campus is mm-hmm. like the Title IX coordinator when when some problem arises in which you need the title nine coordinator, it's really good to know who that person is. Right. Um, But meeting them for an hour, your first week on campus, you know, is different than like, Oh my gosh, you know, I have this problem in my class or I have this, this, this thing, this, whatever has come to my attention. Yeah. You know, that is like, now you're going to learn a lot more about title time than you did that week, you right. know, and, or that hour long presentation. Now it's, it's great that, you know, that they could put a face with a name, but that's different than fostering a relationship. And it's different than like needing that relationship at that time, you know? Mm-hmm. And so there's, I think w- we have to structure these experiences or, you know, this enculturation experiences around like the ebbs and flows of, of a year and, or a semester and say, mm-hmm. okay, like, you know, s- student evaluations, like, why would you talk about student evaluations the first week of the semester? Yeah. We did, we did. Hey, these are student evaluations. They don't come out to like week 10 of the semester. Like maybe like maybe week eight is this time to like schedule. Hey, look, we're going to get together. Let's just get there and talk about student evaluations because they're going to be coming out in two weeks, you know? Not like it's like structuring it into the ebbs and flows of of an academic year or an ebbs and flows of someone's career, I think is is critical. It's a it's a better way of of looking at that. And it's a better way of thinking about how we deliver quote unquote information um than just like going, okay, it's it's in we talked about this in new faculty right. orientation. It's in the new faculty handbook or the worst is it's on our website. Yeah. Sure it is. I mean, oh. everything's on our website. Everything's on our website. You just didn't yeah. look in the right place. Just look, look more carefully. <laughs> yeah. I've navigated the Penn State website. Yeah. I've navigated the Millersville website. Both are not sources of information. I mean, they have lots of information, but they're not. Yeah. It's not well organized. Not well organized. No. And I mean, yeah, I think I think the other thing related to that is like in in terms of the just in time is maybe there is somebody that really wants to know about student evaluations the first week. So. Um, but telling everybody doesn't make any more sense than telling nobody. Like it, 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 the question is like, how do you, how do you really 
know what people need. And the way that you know that is by being in relation with them, right? Like, so having a community of people that are connected to that person so that when they have needs, they can seek out support, not, you know, necessarily predictively because like some faculty don't care about SRTs or student evaluations until the week they have to give them. And then they get in a panic. And then others who, who want to have everything, all their things lined up, you know, months in advance, they may care in September. So, I mean, I I'm agreeing with your point. And I'm also saying like, we have to be thoughtful about how we um, connect with folks so that they feel like they have the resources they need without just pushing them off and saying, yeah, you already got that information or that information is on the website or in the handbook or whatever like that. Because sometimes they, they say, well, where is it? Where is it? And, and then you say, well, it's in the handbook or in the website. And then they feel like you've dismissed their need, right? It's like, well, you're basically just telling me it's all there. So quit bugging me. And really what they're asking for is help. And that's what they want. Right. So much of how we interact is, is, is based on how we serve people. Right. Mm, and it's like, yeah. and that, and if it's like, if this, if how we serve a student or a colleague is just by, you know, directing them to an, you know, Hey, here it is on the website and sending them a link, you know, that's a different way of, of serving their needs than, you know, saying, Hey, we should get together. Or, Hey, if you want to set up a time to chat or, or right. you know, Hey, let's, you know, one of the things we were doing with like new faculty and, and their mentors, we're just giving them like, you know, gift cards to go get, get a cup of coffee together, yep. sure. you know, just go get mm. a cup of coffee together. Yeah. You know, and yeah, I, I because, think it's very sensible. Right. Cause that's, uh, that's when you get to find out like what people really need and, and what people, like, cause they might be asking about one thing and what they really need is something else, Yeah, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It's like we've I've talked about the XY problem, right? Like you think right. your problem is X, but really your problem is this deeper, different problem that you don't even realize is the problem until you have a conversation with somebody who understands it a little better. And also to your earlier point about then you also find in those coffee conversations like, oh, yeah, I read science fiction books, too. And here's yeah. some books that I read or, you know, oh, actually, I do play, you know, tabletop games and there's a really cool gaming night that's on Fridays or there's a mountain bike yeah. ride on Wednesday nights at this place. Like you don't get that if what you're reading is a manual that tells you what the travel policy is. Like you don't get all the no. the information that you need about the community. You just get maybe this specific tidbit you're looking for, which you hope is accurate at the time that the thing was written, which could have been five years ago if it's not being updated a lot. I think the the part that's like really important to to like identify it is that I like hiring a new faculty member at Millersville, and it's probably even more so at at a school like Penn State, it's like a a resource intensive process. Yep. Like resources from like like lots of perspectives, like, yep. you know, in terms of people, because you have a committee of people, they, you know, at Millersville, we have to be trained, you know, go through the mm -hmm. HR, you know, training to make sure that, you know, there's, you know, all we're following all the DEI stuff, the guidelines, yep. the guidelines of fair, fair and equitable hiring practices. Um, not only that, but then all the meetings to set up the search, like the actual like call. So you're yep. going to, you know, where are you going to publish this? Get you charged. know, yes. And then, then you're actually going to bring faculty to campus, like new, like prospective faculty members to campus. So that might be, you know, flights, 
That might be hotels. That might be multiple dinners, days of multiple days and dinners and all that. So we're maybe talking, you know, tens of thousands of dollars to do a search for sure. Just, just yeah. to, just to get somebody on campus or get a pool of people on campus. And then when you say, okay, here's the offer, then there's all that negotiations that happens. Yep. That's before the person even steps foot on campus. Yep. So we've, you know, dedicated all of these resources to make sure that this we've selected the right person, brought them to campus, and so that they're prepared to be quote unquote ready day day one. And then it's like, okay, here's a manual. Right. <laughs> Good luck. Right. And it's yeah. it's like, okay, it's all bananas. of this it is bananas. And yet we see it happen over and over and over again, right? It's yeah. like we're gonna dedicate all of it to the front loading of getting somebody here and not really dedicate that much time or effort to make sure that they're going to be able to stay here because this is the place, you know, that they belong, like belong, not just like, you know, belonging from belong from a belonging standpoint, like a, they feel like like they belong. Right. Like they are connected to the institution. And then when somebody leaves after like two or three years, they're like, Oh, we, Oh, I guess we made the bad call. No, 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 no. It wasn't a bad call. You know, this maybe right. wasn't the right environment for them, or you didn't help to cultivate the environment. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we talk a lot about retention, but we don't really talk about what, how you retain people and how you retain right. people is make them feel like they belong and that yes. they're part of a community and they, they're cared about and, and that you want them to succeed. And we, you know, again, it goes back to the same thing. Like you hear teachers do this all the time. I told them that, right? Like, yeah. I want you to succeed. And it's like, okay, yeah. Or whatever it is, like, uh, like I I told them that the test isn't a big deal, or what you know. But but it doesn't matter what you say; it's how you are and how you treat them that yeah. is that is the real indicator. And so you can say we want you to succeed, but if they don't feel like anybody there actually cares about them, then you can say that all day, and it won't make any difference. Right. And you can give them resources. You can give them financial resources or whatever. You can give them course releases and you can give them whatever startup dollars to get to get their stuff going, all that stuff. But it doesn't matter if they don't feel like they're this is a community that they want to be a part of because they don't feel like they belong here. It's like, well, okay. So all that is just wasted. And you know, as you say, it's a very expensive process to hire somebody. And and it takes a long time, and therefore, if if there if somebody leaves, you have a real problem because it's at least a year before you're going to get somebody else in that spot, and uh, it's it's just brutal. And I think the other place to you know really direct the the intention is about the students, like the students mm-hmm. who attend you know Millersville or Penn State or whatever in, uh, university there. They they suffer whenever we have like a you know a new faculty member who's there for like two or three years who we've hired to like build a program around or something mm-hmm. and then they're gone and we're like rushing to find somebody who can teach those classes or yeah. we have to put those classes on hold until we you know can hire somebody new it's just like and somebody who is invested in the institution who feels like they belong there are going to approach their work with with their students and with their colleagues much differently mm-hmm. than somebody who's like going, oh gosh, I hate going to work today. Yeah. You know, I don't know anybody. I just go on campus. I close my door. You yeah. know, I, you know. I teach my classes and I go I, home. Right. Because I have no other connections to this place. 
Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's the worst case scenario, not just for us as an institution, but to the students as well. Yeah. Wow. No, I mean, it, it ends up meaning that, that the, like you say, the, the department suffers and I don't mean the department as an institutional entity, but the people that make up the department suffer and therefore the students who are taking classes in that department suffer because they get a less quality experience. So. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Are, have we come up with any solutions here? No, well, <laughs> no. no, except that I think to beat the drum that we always beat, which is if we think that solutions to problems involve a lack of transmission of information, then we misunderstand the problem. Right. right? That the problem is not that the people aren't given or aren't exposed to or whatever whatever verb you want to use, that, that they didn't get the information. It's that that... That is not enough. It is not even the beginning of enough. It, you have to have relationships and relationships are what, what create and, and are the nature of learning. Learning is not information. Learning is relationships, identity and community. And if we think about it as, as information, then we will always make bad choices like this where we were like, well, we just need a better FAQ. That's not what we need. No. That's not what we need. We don't need an exhaustive knowledge base of all the questions that have been asked by every faculty member in the history of the department. Like that is not going to solve our problem. Like we need people to, to, to be in community and, and like each other and get along and be able to feel safe to ask each other questions when they don't know answers. Yeah. So that, to, I think that is an upshot. Right. Or to have conversations around something completely different that help to identify like, hey, this is actually the problem that's going on here. Right. Like, right, right. It's like, you know, recognizing that, you know, we might not know what the problem is. Mm -hmm. We may not know what the solution is because, you know, the only way we're going to get there is by forming relationships and forming trust and having conversations and helping that stuff emerge. Yep. You know, uh, that's the, that's the, I think the hard thing about being in a leadership position like you, you're, you're in now, or like, you know, I'm in now is, is like, how do we support those folks when, you know, we, there is this, even, even though we try to reduce some of those barriers, there's still, you know, you're still seen as a, like, not them. You're still seen as another yeah. right sure. now. And yeah. at least for the, at least for the, this next you know, year, you're going to be the other, you're going to be the department chair. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it, it, that is a very weird, um, transition, right. That, right. that, that you've crossed some Rubicon into this world where you're no longer a faculty member. And, you know, I think it's less true for heads and chairs because often they are still engaged in the same faculty processes. Like I'm still teaching classes. So that helps a little, I think for like, deans and associate deans who came from the faculty and all our associate deans and assistant deans came from our faculty. Like, I think it's very hard for them because they, sure. they are, they are clearly seen as others, right? You don't understand what it means to be a faculty member anymore because now you're on this other side of the, the divide, which yeah, to me yeah. is bananas. But, it is. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. All right. But let's talk about joys. Do you, do you have a joy? I have a joy. I'm right. debating between two joys, but I'm going to, I'm going to pick this one. So, um, there's a guy named Seth Godin who I think, I mean, his, he's a tech 
guy. He yep. did marketing and other stuff. He's written books. He's an interesting guy, but he has a blog and I follow his blog. And one of the things I like about his blog is his blog posts are really short. And so yeah. they take like a minute to read. So he, it's almost like his own personal Twitter slash X or whatever we're calling it these days account, right? Where it's a little longer than that, but, um, but he's usually got some pretty pithy things. Um, and, so yeah, I mean, I don't have much more to say about it. I can I can talk about specific examples, but I think generally speaking, I'm just a um you know, a, a fan of his uh thinking. I don't agree with everything he says, but I think he always has interesting things to say. Um he had one this morning that I read that, that was relevant. It was about scaling, this idea of like um inputs and outputs and computer science has a has a what they call a big O notation, which basically means if you're getting a bunch of stuff in, um, then you you have limits in how much you can process and without scaling or changing your operation, whatever that thing is, right? So that could be a class, it could be a mom and pop sandwich store. But like, you know, if you're if you're getting you know, a line out your door. Well, at some point you have to make a decision. Like, are we going to expand? Are we going to hire more people? Are we going to do more? Are we going to open a different store um, or whatever? And, but when you do that, it changes how you interact with those people. And so the output changes. So this idea of like, how do you think about scaling? I think is one that we talk about in education all the time. Um, so he just had sort of a pithy little take on it that connects to this computer science idea that I like. So yeah, he's a he's an interesting guy, thoughtful guy, I think. And uh yeah. So he has blog and he has lots of books. I think he has four or five books now. Yeah. I've I have some colleagues who love, you know, I get the, I get mm. something something shared from you know Seth folks. Never, yeah. yeah. On the regular. The uh, reg. Yeah. All right. So my joy is something that I I guess maybe about a few months ago I was uh, on Instagram and I was following like the New York times books and they get, they're like, Hey, here are the best, you know, new books coming out, you know, hey. this fall. And so I just went to, you know, I, I used Libby and I like, you know, mm-hmm. you know, put a hold on as many as I could because they were all like not out yet. And yep. so I was like, okay, one of these books is going to come out soon. And, and so um, I read this book called the, the killing room. All right. And, you know, I've been in this, like, you know, uh, but is that an old book or a new book? I feel no, like it's a brand a... brand new book. This is okay. called the, the Killing Room by Robert Swartwood. Which mm. Swartwood? Swartwood. S W A R T Wood. Swartwood. Um, brand new book, and I, I'll just I I don't want to. It, it's a thriller, all right. So it's kind okay. of like it's like in you know. Uh, yeah, I, I don't want to give too much about it away because it it just it totally kept me guessing for the entire book. Because mm. every time I thought I had it figured out, it like took a like a little turn. So I just mm. I'll I'll just set up the premise. Okay, the premise okay. is a guy's in Las Vegas. He wakes up in a hotel room, and he it's not his hotel room. He's like, where am I? And he walks into the bathroom and he sees that there's a there's a woman dead in the bathroom, mm-hmm. and there's blood on him, and there's blood all over the hotel room. And he's like, oh my gosh, what have I done? Mm-hmm. That's the premise of this book. Yeah. Now, like, you know, that I, I read some, you know, all kinds of, you know, books that are always like, you know, these yeah. lone. So it kind of gives, you know, you should have sort of an idea of where this book is going to go. But mm-hmm. I, it kept me guess, guessing. There's like five distinct parts of this book. And the, the, 
the ending just totally blew me away. And I guess it's a series, but I don't know that. I don't okay. like, I guess Libby now has it like number one of the series. And I'm like, uh, hmm. so that's the only information that I have that it is a, in fact, a series, but uh, it's a brand new book that just came out and it is, I read it in like a day, a day and a half. I just couldn't put oh, it down because okay. I had no idea where it was going. Cool. Yeah. Well, that's, there is, so what that triggered for me, there is a movie called The Killing Room from 2009. So not I it's unrelated. I, I think it's completely unrelated because I think this book just can't, I'm like, yes, it was released yeah. on August 22nd, 2023. So I've Look been waiting, I've been waiting for like three weeks to read this book. All right. Cool. Yeah. All right. I will take a look. Yes. Yes. So All there right. we are. Episode we are. two, season four in the books. Look at in us. Uh, yeah. And if you're a new faculty member out there someplace and you found us, hey, good luck. You know, get and out there. Send us an email. We'll send you a sticker. Yeah, because that'll give you all the information you need. Everything. Yeah, and have to get like, lots of cred on yeah. on your. Oh, campus. that's right. Street uh, cred. Yeah. Street, Street cred. Street cred. People like signs in between. That sounds awesome. It does. Yes, it does. And and we'll catch you next time. In between. See you then. Bye now.